Welcome to another episode of Money Makers with me, Ray Dodd. I am a money and business coach and I help humans like you, people who have been traditionally left out of money making, unravel your conditioning around money and master the skill of making money. And this is a, not a new part of my work. It's what I've been doing for a while, but you might not have heard me put it in those terms before. And I'm going to kind of tell you the story of how I got to that place. So one of the focus of today really is kind of the story of the last few weeks, but it's also an episode about what I'm going to be terming, and I'm sure the title of today is this as well, toxic professionalism. So anyone that came to my event, give me more a couple of weeks ago, I revealed in that in that session, in one of the sessions there, this framework that I have, which is called the wheel of conditioning. And there's various elements to that wheel. It looks like a pie chart. There's various elements to it where I talk about um, all the different so parts of our conditioning that impact our money making. And let's be really honest, they impact way more than money making. They impact lots of stuff. But obviously, I'm looking at it through the lens of business and through the lens of making money. Not a week, not a week after doing that. And to be fair to me, I did say when I did that, that this framework, and I should say it now as well, is an ever evolving framework. I'm not suggesting that it is all done. I'm not suggesting, you know, it's a complete thing. It's something that is going to be changed and added to. And, you know, in my mind, I guess it will never fully be finished. Not a week went by when I realized there was a part of that framework I hadn't included. And what happened was doing that um, that workshop, which was the first workshop of the day, it got such an amazing response. And people were really like, sort of, you know, you could sort of feel in the comments, people's brains were changing shape, you know, they were going like, Oh, my God, oh, like they were getting real realizations from it. And I was loving delivering it It had been something I'd been working on for quite a while, actually, but it had taken up sometimes these things come in a moment, sometimes they take a while to sort of develop. And it taken me like, I've probably been working on it about six weeks. And so it was lovely to get it out in the world and to share it. And I really was like, oof, I want, like, I feel not just one, I felt in my soul, in my gut, that that wheel needed to become a greater part of my work. And at the time, I was selling, you might have even heard me talk about it plenty more, which is my group uh, coaching program has been for the last year-ish probably it's been called that a bit less and so I was like I want this to be I can tell this should be a deeper part of my work and it would be perfect for plenty more but I've already redesigned it I've already you know I'm selling it what do I do and I had this (laughs) my instant reaction was well nothing you can't do anything about it your mid-launch you can't change the structure and, and you know within plenty more I was going to be teaching workshops every month so I was like you, you can do a workshop on it I've already done a workshop on it did that and give me more I want to go way deeper than just this overview workshop and I had this idea for this course that would be six months of unraveling your conditioning 
whilst mastering the skill of making money. Shit, but I've already got a six-month course. Well, I'm, I'm launching it. People have bought it. I've got calls booked in. What do I do? And so at first, I ignored it. <laughs> I, I ignored it. And also, I kind of went just quiet. Like, I didn't, I wasn't selling it anymore. I wasn't going in and telling people about it. I wasn't emailing anymore because I didn't want to sell people into something where I felt like the direction was changing. And then I was just like, oh, my God, all these stories started coming up for me. All these old, old stories of, oh, I'm so flaky. I'm so easily distracted by the new shiny thing. I can't, you know, push, not push through on things. I can hear all of the like my coaching parts are being like, ding, ding, ding. Those are red flags. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you feel it, you just feel it, don't you? And so I sort of retreated into myself and, and sort of internally panicked. Not a big anxiety filled panic, just to like, shit. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then it sort of moved into a like, oh, I'm going to look like such an idiot. How am I going to communicate this to people? What, and, and I'm not going to lie. Let's be really honest. I was like, how can I spin this so it doesn't look like I've just changed my mind mid-launch? How can I spin it and make myself come out well? Now, I hate that shit. So straight away, I was like, you don't like that. I would. I really, really believe, and this is where the toxic professionalism stuff comes in. So to kind of jump about a little bit, professionalism generally is problematic. I've said this for a long time. I am not the only one who said it at all, but professionalism is on, on mass is racist, homophobic, uh, fat phobic, classist. Basically, it's about your proximity to being a white cis male middle class person like how close can you be to that the more the closer you are to that the more professional you are deemed so you know that and that goes from like certain hairstyles we know certain ways that black people can wear their hair like even like braids and stuff but especially things like dreadlocks are deemed quote unquote unprofessional which when you think about it is like well what do you mean like that that gets shady fast if you unravel that and equally, certain ways of speaking, certain accents can be unprofessional using certain slang. You know, there's a lot of really like just not good things around professionalism at all. So there's that side of professionalism that is that is deeply problematic. And I don't want to take away from that at all, but that's not really the side I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about today is the more, is it more insidious? That might not be the best way to put it, but it's it's probably more subtle in that it's the ways in which we believe we have to show up in order to be credible, in order to be seen as trustworthy. And a lot of that is about holding power in perfection and holding power that it is not ours to hold. So I could style it out. I could style out that there's been a change mid-launch. I could... I could just go quiet and then relaunch and pretend it never happened, you know, just sort of gloss over it by my omission around it all. And I could do that. And I believe I, if I did do that, I would be feeding into the cultural story that all of you and I as well am absorbing that everyone's getting it right apart from me. 
if I don't tell you the messy bits that go on behind the scenes, then I'm feeding this machine that says that you have to get it right, that it has to look so serene on the outside in order for you to be trustworthy. Let me tell you, I've got a wonderful group of people already signed on to what was plenty more. And I'm going to tell you what it's becoming. And I told, I told them a couple of weeks ago about the changes uh, that were happening with the first sort of pivot of plenty more in order for me to launch it a few weeks ago there were a few changes I was making so I told them about that they were all awesome about it really excited then on Sunday yesterday I told them it had changed again and that was really hard I was embarrassed I wanted I don't want to be feeling like I'm not getting it right I don't enjoy that emotion they were so beautifully supportive. And I would say more than that, they were so grateful that I'd modeled it in that way, that they'd seen how messy it can be, but also that I wasn't hiding that mess from them. And I really do think even though it's been really hard, I, you know, in lots of ways, my instinct is to hide it. It's really empowering not to. And I really hope it gives people permission to dig into more of what they want in their programs and I as I was sort of unraveling the fact that part of the reason I wasn't doing what I wanted to do why I wasn't following my instinct is because of these ideas of professionalism that I was adhering to so my therapist says to me like you've been a bit mucky factor about this Ray (laughs) I I would if I had stuck to that stuff if I'd kept on the train of toxic professionalism if I'd refused to step off it and have a really good look at it I would have kept this awesome course from you all like this is the course I've always wanted to create and I knew it was in me and I just hadn't found the whatever for whatever reason it hadn't clicked until last week and when I sat down when it came to me I've been like thinking and thinking on this course for months, over a year, at least a year, possibly more. I wrote the entire thing in detail with frameworks and methodologies in a day once it came. I know to the deepest part of my gut that this is the right course. But toxic professionalism would have me put that aside because it won't look good if I do it this way it won't look the way it's meant to look I won't be essentially keeping up appearances that aren't my appearances to keep up anyway because they're not true you know all this happened I can pretend it didn't but it did and so and on top of that like I said I'd be keeping it from people I know this course is going to be absolutely life-changing for people game-changing business-changing because I know from my work that what we need to do is unravel our conditioning and master the skill of money making treat it like a skill not something that you get from you know just getting everything right from offering the right course, from offering the right product, from finding the right price, from showing up perfectly consistently. That's not where money comes from. 
The number one thing holding you back from making money is not that you don't have the right strategy. It's not that you don't have the right business model. It's your conditioning. It's all the stories, all the ways you're believing you have to abandon yourself to make money. It's that's why it's so bloody tiring is because we are jumping through hoops that we were not made to jump through that we were not considered our bodies our minds our our brains they weren't considered when they created that assault course they were literally designed to trip you up and so if we can spend time together unraveling that conditioning looking at that you know the the things that i've laid out and i'm sure discovering other aspects together as well and building that skill of money making i mean that is going to last you for the rest of your business it's enormous it's amazing and i could have thrown that away i could have at the very least delayed it and i would have been delaying it for months because i don't have capacity to run two courses for 6 months so i would have been giving myself to, like, I would have been asking myself to do a course that my heart would no longer have been in because you know, like when you know, like when you've seen the alternative and then you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example. I, like I want to use a silly example, like you know, when I see a new dress and I'm like, "Oh, my dresses are rubbish. Look at that one." You know, I would have been signing myself up to that, and I would have been suggesting that that's what would be okay for my clients. And don't get me wrong, that initial course was not bad. It would have been brilliant. It would have been, you know, business changing for people. But this will be even more so. Because this is the piece. This is the this whole thing. I've been doing this long enough now to know when something's right. And I want to say the other thing I did. And this is really important this part and I actually haven't shared this bit anywhere else yet. The other thing I did was in January I spent a lot of time looking for ways to get flow in my business. And so I did a lot of selling things low ticket because I sales have been sticky in the business for a bit and I wanted to feel that momentum of I call it momentum of allowing a momentum of allowing money into my business and I wanted it to be a high volume of things. And so I did price it lower I I did a selling challenge which was awesome and I did the gimme more event which was brilliant as well and loved them both. It meant that I knew what it felt like in my body when flow was happening. Doing those things meant that I had a really solid trust of what my business feels like in flow. And after the gimme more event i could feel once i had these ideas i could feel that i'd stepped out of flow now in the past that would have taken me quite a while to get back but it took me i'd say like 7 8 days to find it again to be like ah i've got it that's it and i think that's so important did january bring in was it my biggest money month no, it was my biggest month in terms of individual sales, but it was not my biggest month in terms of the volume of cash I made. But it was so, and not that that even, like, just so you know, like, you don't learn the most from the months that you earn the most, like, obviously not. But it was so important 
for me to do that, to remind myself, this is what this feels like. That's part of the skill of money making, gathering evidence, doing the things, noticing when it's not right, all of that. And so those, that was a key part of me being like, hmm, something's off. Something's not quite right. I thought it was, and I genuinely did. It's not quite right. I think there's something more here. Let me dive into that. It took me a while to allow myself to dive into it. But when I did, it happened. I don't know if you heard me click then. It happened in a moment. And it was beautiful. Just to kind of, I almost felt a bit out of my body watching it happen. So yes. Plenty more is no more. And the course is now called Money Makers. And the tagline is, as I said earlier, unravel your conditioning and master the skill of money making. And it's six months with me and a bunch of brilliant humans. There's only 15 spaces left. Really, really doing this thing. If you listen to every episode of this podcast, if you found what I've said in these episodes, and I get feedback on this all the time, lovely people DMing me and sending me emails, just know that this course is is there for you. I've created it for you. And I would love for you to have a look at, in the show notes, you'll be able to see a link to, to the course. I'd love for you to have a look at it. I'd love for you to reach out to me. If it calls to you in any way, reach out to me and let's have a chat. You can DM me on Instagram. You can send me an email. You can, you can book in a 20-minute call. I don't do sales calls in a pressury way. We have a chat. We have an honest chat. You're honest with me. I'm honest with you to see if it's a good fit and I'm there to answer your questions. Before you go, I want you to know that I am running a what free workshop on Thursday at 8 p.m. called the three stages of money mastery. So that will be on Thursday the 17th. And I'm going to be running through the three stages of money mastery, which is part of a, if it's a framework or a methodology. I think it's probably a framework that I've created um, as part of this course. And I am so, so excited to talk you through where you are in your money mastery journey, talk to you why it's important about what you identify about where you are and how you can be moving through those. That's a totally free workshop. I will, of course, be talking about money mastery there, but I would love for as many of you as possible to sign up and obviously share it with any friends you think would be interested. You can find all the details for that and money mastery, the course itself in the show notes. Thanks for listening to me today. I hope you have a lovely rest of your week and I'll see you next time.